Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports, no more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord. And others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, With Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. everyone. New episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday, and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today. At just 18 years of age, he submitted a play to the Young Playwrights Festival in New York City. The play was chosen. It was first directed by James Lapine. It had a very starry cast. It then went on to become a made-for-television movie starring my beloved friend Cynthia Nixon, among others. And 
he has not stopped writing one magnificent play or film or musical since. He is beloved by everyone in the theater community, uh, really in any community uh, which he graces us with his presence, the extraordinary playwright, screenwriter, and person that is Jonathan Mark Sherman is on the podcast this week. Enjoy. My guest today is Jonathan Mark Sherman. Jonathan is many things, but he is mostly uh, known in the world as a prolific playwright and an actor. The plays he has written include Things We Want, Clive, Knickerbocker, Evolution, Wonderful Time, Sons and Fathers, Sophistry, Veins and Thumbtacks, Serendipity and Serenity, Jesus on the Oil Tank, and Women and Wallace, which was also adapted for PBS TV's American Playhouse. His plays have been done in New York City and globally. He's the co-founder with others of the Malapart Theater Company, but maybe one of the best-known founding members along with him is Ethan. Hawk. He writes for TV and film as well. Some of those works include Quiz Show, Blaze, The Hottest State, The Baxter, The Limbo Room, When the Nines Roll Over, and My Swedish, oh, My First Swedish Bombshell. It was announced, I think, this morning that he and the great Duncan Sheik and others have adapted the cult classic film Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice for the stage, and it will be directed by Scott Elliott for the new group in the fall of 2019? Uh, winter, uh, yes, uh, winter, uh, we start rehearsals December 2019 and uh, previews in January 2020. So. Thank you for that. That is the voice, the actual voice of Jonathan Martin. <laughs> Mark Sherman, my friends. I am so thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, I am so thrilled to be on the show. I must correct one thing, Say which it. is that I did not, while I wish I wrote all of those acting credits, oh. um, I only acted in those things. Yes, yes. Um, I right, did not right. write any of them. Do you know I what? wish I wrote, I, I gosh, totally I wish I wrote Quiz Show. I think that, uh, I think that it, it's on me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start. So, so you acted in Quiz Show. I uh, played the role of student number two. If you were you, amazing. Um, thank you. It's, it's, I get stopped a lot because do. of it. Um, I was going to ask you what do you get recognized for the most. It's really Quiz Show. Okay. It's, it's student really number two. the blink and you'll miss me. Um, it's it's uh, Ethan uh, Hawk is student number one. Mm. And um, we had lines with Paul Schofield and those lines were cut. Right. But you can see us in the film for about two, three, four, five seconds. Okay. And, um, and I still get royalty checks. Because That's of amazing. So let's go through. Blaze, what was your uh, part in Blaze? Uh, Blaze, I play Blaze's, um, uh, Blaze is a movie that uh, Ethan co-wrote um, with Sybil Rosen about the late, great uh, Blaze Foley, who was a singer-songwriter. And um, I play Blaze's uh, prospective uh, father-in-law. Okay. Um, uh, a gentleman named Sam, whose um, one uh, condition is that he uh, wishes Blaze to convert to Judaism. Okay. Uh, the Hottest State? I play um, a political uh, rambler at a party um, at which uh, Rick Linklater also plays a, uh, a, full, phil a more philosophical rambler at the same party. Okay. Um, 
it, it, which uh, again, uh, that's uh, five seconds adapted by and um, written, uh, adapted by and directed by Ethan uh, from uh, his novel. And okay, I-, I won't go on, but needless to say, um, many things in your professional life uh, and maybe personal life are connected to Ethan Hawke. Strangely so, yes, and yes. wonderfully so. You are the. Um, which one of you would you say is Butch Cassidy and which one of you is the Sundance Kid? It oh, might change gosh. from day to day. Uh, but that would be, um, I, I mean, I, he, you know, I have to, I, I have to give him <laughs> Sundance because he's a better shot. Um, mm. He's, uh, but, um, and, uh, you know, I mean, Butch is older. Right. And uh, Paul Newman, you know. Wore the star of David around his neck, right? So, uh, you know, so you yeah, connect I'm, to I'm, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up with any reason I possibly can to put myself in a category with Paul Newman. Um, I have a quick Paul Newman story. A friend of mine, an actor named Mike Doyle, tells it really well. He's hilarious, um, but he tells this story, and and so I'll butcher it as I do with other people's stories all the time. But <laughs> you and me both. In this story, it's going to be his mom. We're just going to say Mike Doyle's mom, even if it's not. Right. Mike Doyle's mom was in Connecticut in an ice cream shop. And she's standing online and she's ordering when she notices the person to her right is Paul Newman. And she thinks to herself, it's just Paul Newman. He's a person. I'm a person. And I'm just going to act completely normal. And she pays for her ice cream and she takes her ice cream. And she uh, then takes a moment and she can't find her ice cream. And she looks at the counter person and says, I'm sorry, I thought you gave me ice cream, but I, I don't know where it is. And Paul Newman says to her, it's in your purse. So <laughs> all of this will be edited out. But the point is, you know, she tried to act really normal. No, no. What happens is she leaves the ice cream shop (laughs) and then comes back in and says, I have forgotten my ice cream cone. And that is when Paul Newman tells her that it's in her purse. As as Paul Newman would because he was a helpful and wonderful man. And you as Paul Newman would do the same. (laughs) I would try to. So I want to like, you know, there is so much about you that is compelling not to mention that I think your play, Women in Wallace, which was done in New York, uh, has gone down in history as being one of uh, the plays to be produced by one of the youngest writers in history. Um, I don't know if that's like in the Guinness Book of World Records or not. Is it? I don't believe it is. Gosh, that would be fun. Well, it wouldn't be because, uh, though, because um, the Young Playwrights Festival, which produced right? it, their first year, I think, there was a, a writer a who baby. was 10. <laughs> like, baby. And, and who, and there was a, I think at one point there was a 12-year-old writer who famously fired the director of their play. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say the director was Garson Kanan. I could be wrong. And he Terrible. apparently was He thrilled. deserved it. He was like, That's exactly what should happen. It's the Young Playwrights Festival, not the Old Directors Festival. Fire me. Get oh someone else if I'm wrong for the play. That's so, insane. Yeah. I, I, at 18, I mean, I just made it in under the cutoff for right. that particular festival. But, um, uh, but yeah, it was looking back. From the age of 50, it's very, very uh, strange to think that um, 
that my son is six years away from the age I was when I wrote right. that play. Yeah. Right. That's incredible. So you grew up in New Jersey. Yep. Livingston. And Livingston, New Jersey. Were you uh, – did you grow up in a family that went to the theater, that loved the theater? Uh, b- uh, both. Um Although nobody, nobody was, we were uh, theater, it was a family of theater fans for mm-hmm. sure, my mother and father specifically. Um, and uh, we went, uh, we went far more after my mother died because I think my father was desperately looking for things to do with me right. uh, that didn't involve sports because I had no interest in okay. sports and no ability uh, at sports. You have a brother? Uh, I have an older brother, two years older, Was Scott. he more sporty spice than he's you? Much, he's much, much more uh, athletically gifted okay. than I am um, and, uh, and thankfully doesn't um, he's my brother and my best friend. I mean, okay. I, I feel I very much won the friends and family lottery. Um, he, but uh, how much older is he? Uh, almost exactly two years. Okay, we're both, he's October sixty six. I'm October sixty eight. Okay, we're uh, yeah, we're uh, I'm October tenth. He's October thirteenth. So, how old were you guys when your mom passed away? Uh, I was six, uh, and he was eight. Okay, so you were super little. Uh, we were pretty little. Yeah. Do you have memories, like vivid memories, or or are they? There's I, a photograph, and I think it's real, but I'm not sure. It's a combination of both. I do have, luckily, I do have uh, vivid memories. Um, uh, a few of them are horrible vivid memories, but um, but still, I'm grateful for even those uh-huh. because they're uh, they're a part of her. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that remains alive. But um, uh, but I do have. A few very sharp memories of her, and um, and luckily she, um, uh, you know, we kept wonderful baby books for us, and uh, you mm. know we have. I, there's a lot of evidence mm-hmm. of um, what a wonderful mother she was, mm-hmm. um, and her love, and uh, and what a, oh she was extraordinary. Yeah, um, and uh, did she? have a career or a passion she did she was um she went to uh brandeis for uh english literature she was the first uh both my parents were the first in uh their respective um families to uh graduate from college um so they were where were your grandparents on both sides from uh well uh all all my grandparents um my mom's side is uh, from malden massachusetts i mean you know and then a step back from that everybody from Russia and mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. let's get out of here. Yeah. They do not like us here. Yes. So they all got over. Um, and from and, Ellis Island ended up. And so mom's side uh, outside of Boston and dad's side uh, Philadelphia. Okay. And, um, uh, and then they met. Um, uh, so my mom was uh, an English literature major at Brandeis and uh, a school teacher, an elementary school um, school teacher, uh, sort of until we came along, mm-hmm. and uh, and then um, was raising us, um, right, and. Uh, um, in suburban New Jersey, right, which, in the seventies, which is, um, I, I just when I think back on it, it seems like a you know a, a, a completely foreign experience, right? Uh, that is, but lost. the great thing about a place like Livingston, and I say this with all due respect to the Chamber of Commerce of Livingston, is it 
does have proximity to New York City. That was and and cultural events and things. So if you were curious, you could get out of the shopping mall and go see a lot. Exactly Would you say right. that that is true? Oh, that was uh, that was a lifesaver for right. me. I mean that that I always think of it as that, that I was um, you know not I, I didn't grow up in the city, so I couldn't get into too much trouble. Yeah, but I but I could hop on the community coach bus mm-hmm. and get myself into the city to see my summer camp friends and to see shows when I got older and um, on my own. And that was everything. Um, right. You know, it was so close um, and it was just close enough to aspire to right. and, and to think I'm going to live the rest of my life there someday. Right. Um, and and once, what did your dad do? Uh, my dad. Is your father still is, alive? Uh, he is very much still alive okay. and living in our childhood home. Oh, my um, God. Did he and, ever remarry? Uh, he did. Uh, my stepmother and he, um, they met in 1984. And then after 17 years of, you know, Figuring out if they were Compatible. serious about one another, yeah. uh, they married in two thousand one, um, and uh, and so they are, um, yeah, they're, they're they've been they're good. Uh, they're, they're, they seem really solid. Yeah, um, but um, uh, he uh, is. Let's see. Uh, the sh- short way to describe me is uh, the smartest, um, most extraordinary man I've ever known. Um, he, uh, is, um, he was a scholarship kid from, uh, Philadelphia, um, went to Central High, went to, uh, University of Pennsylvania, um, for electrical engineering, went to Harvard for a year of applied math, um, uh, for graduate school, which was the year he met my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he went back to Penn, got his PhD in electrical engineering at 23, uh, and then went to work for Bell Labs, um, right out of grad school till, uh, he retired in the nineties. Um, and then along the way, while well, he was also raising the two of us single handedly, yeah. trying to date somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, he also got, um, his MBA from Columbia in the eighties and his law degree from Rutgers in the nineties. Oh my God. So he just likes learning things. Yeah. Um, and he's. Uh, frighteningly intelligent yeah. and um, and more importantly, um, extraordinarily kind and uh, and wasn't sort of horrified at the um, idea of having uh, a kid who was interested like, in the arts. Yeah, uh, but right. instead encouraging. Right, um, even though it wasn't his particular something he knew a lot about. No, he he uh, enjoyed going to the theater. He right. loves. I think he loves going to the movies as much as he loves anything. Especially, yeah. I mean, he will he will argue and has argued to friends of mine that Tango and Cash is a masterpiece. You know, and this <laughs> he'll is, fight you about oh, it. Oh, yeah. he'll he'll convince you. Right. And it's, I, uh, maybe like, it is. Maybe like, I need to rewatch I'm it. Like, really? Yeah. And he's like, you know, there's fast five Sure. Yeah. I uh, I mean, it is. Uh, but then will is also. So the person who took me to, you know, many of the formative um, shows and movies that uh-huh. I that that changed me, that formed right. me. Um, Look, you have been very forthcoming in your work and in interviews and in your any time you speak about your life. Your mother just didn't die. Your mother committed suicide. Correct. And so it's always shocking. But when something like that happens, um, 
you know, most of us can speak to that from a personal experience also. That's what's so amazing. You find out everyone you know has someone in their life. Um, And so it's a bit of an epidemic that isn't talked about in in our country. But when you describe his response to that, which is to persevere, to um, remain curious about the world in the way that you just described him in the face of like so much pain and anguish and confusion. Um, uh, It's all the more extraordinary, right? Like just the cards he was dealt and what his response to that is. For sure. Blows my mind. No, well, and they were also, you know, as was not particularly shocking for that moment in time. But uh, my mom was thirty-two when she died, and mm-hmm. my dad was had just turned thirty-four. Right, so he babies. Was, when you, you think know, about yeah, it, I, I do not, um, I, I do not, and cannot imagine having the strength that he had to to um, to put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. after that at mm-hmm. that age and um, and also with no safety net there was no uh, immediate family in uh-huh. the state and um, and uh, he you know he couldn't curl up and just stay in bed and, and be depressed because if he didn't go back to work he would lose the house right and it, you know, you'd all be eating cat food yeah right and it was that I mean, which is was, delicious <laughs> by the way oh so good no no, no we don't don't <laughs> we take away not, don't take we away are the open cat food. to catfish uh cat food sponsorships if that is possible <laughs> so somehow in the face of this um intense loss and tragedy mm-hmm. there is um there is a way in which you find this world because you and I sat next to each other at Hades Town, and I found out that night that you were a stage door manor kid. Oh, sure. Which I can't tell you how many people have sat in the chair that you're sitting in and talk about sort of not just the legacy of that summer camp, but what like in their origin story of where they found themselves and their relationship to community and art. It is so seminal for so many people. A hundred percent. It is um, five of the groomsmen in uh, our wedding were uh, stage door friends. Yeah. You know, my I spent four summers of my life there. They How changed old were my you life. When you started there, uh, I was thirteen. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. I would. I found out about it earlier i would have gone earlier right. but um uh i you know i got there the first day and i called my dad that night as you know there's and this is a story i've found out since you know a lot of that happens to a lot of people it was um my first time at sleepaway camp and i said dad I hate it. Come, come, pe- come yeah. pick me up. And he says, and they let you call. Like, and they let me call. Because not every camp does. No. Yeah. They, let, they let me call. And uh, I think I was very persistent. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, and my dad said, I was, you know, he's like, I was, you know, ready to jump in the car. And uh, the owner of the camp said, uh, you can come get him. But I, I've had experience with this. I would say, give it, you know, 48 hours mm-hmm. and a lot can change. Um, and you know, in our experience, and um, and I cut, you know, and he talked to me again, and he said, "You can." You, I, they said, "You can call any time, day or night." You know, but it, you know, if you want me to come, but but to give it forty eight hours, I reluctantly agreed, and uh, called him back the next day and said, "Sign me up for next summer because it was twenty four hours, twenty four hours, not forty eight. Nope, 
Okay. But, so what happened in that 24 hours? Can you remember? Uh, sure. I, I met, um, well, first of all, I met uh, Gordon Greenberg, uh, Josh Charles, um, David Quinn. Uh, I met, uh, you know, all uh, Seth Herzog, Adam Moreno, you know, aka Mr. Blue. I met, you know, people who are in my life to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, in, you know, nobody in Livingston, New Jersey, I had not, you know, I went to camp not having been kissed. Uh-huh. And uh, all of a sudden I was at a camp where um, there were two different girls I had crushes on who, I, I mean, seemed it was to like, like you I, back. It, it was, it was. I, 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 I said this can't be real. Uh-huh. But you're um, on Rosie's cruise. It's very, exactly right. I was. I said this is a this is an a, alternate universe, a completely alternate universe, and I really like this alternate right. universe. And I one. work here. Yes, who I am works here. Yeah, I found my yeah. tribe. I mean, it's yeah. that it's that simple. It's that I said whatever. Oh, this exists in the world. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it was that feeling of. Oh, it's not that, you know, it, there are other weirdos. There are other, there are other people who love the stuff I love. Uh-huh. Um, had you been doing shows at school? Uh, I had, I had been doing shows at, I said sort of, um, when it was my sixth, sixth grade teacher told my dad in a, uh, conference that, um, uh, I was, I had a flair for the dramatic, which uh-huh. was his nice way of putting it. I think I was interrupting a lot. In okay. Class. And, um, uh, and my dad actually found a guy at Bell Labs who was in a Gilbert and Sullivan society in the city. And he's like, put, found, told him about these kids acting pr- uh, program at um, the, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Uh, that was on Saturday morning. It was like theater games. And uh, so went to that and uh, my dad would take me in every Saturday to that and because uh, he said, does that sound interesting? I yeah. was like, yeah. Okay. Anything that's not involving a ball and a bat mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, or football. Um, and uh, and then we would see a matinee uh, every Saturday after that. And that was the, I mean, then that sixth grade, that was, um, we saw Evita five times and we saw Sweeney Todd nine times. And because uh, I, just would beg to go back to those two shows um, in particular uh, and then all sorts of other great shows that were playing that year. Um, but uh, but then I started doing the school shows and the camp shows. Um, uh, I did Fiddler on the Roof at my uh, summer day camp. Uh-huh. with uh, I was Perchick and uh, a guy named Daniel Fish was Muddle the Tailor. He was, um, I don't know whatever happened wait, to him. Wait, oh, wait a second. Wait, yes. sorry guys, maybe you've heard of the revival of Oklahoma, maybe, I don't know. There was something in the yeah. water at yeah. uh, Jefferson Lake's Country Day wow. Camp in Stanhope, I feel New like Jersey. I could be wrong. Jason Alexander was on the show. I feel like, was he from Livingston? Not only, he's very much from Livingston. He had a similar story in terms of how he found himself in the theater. Well, he, uh, his, um, the director of uh, the plays at our high school um, had directed him and The Odd Couple. And then uh, he, we did another production of The Odd Couple and 
all I remember about rehearsals is he would just constantly talk to the guy the way, playing Oscar the way about Jay like, Greenspan yeah, did it. Dude, this Jay, Jay was so much better. Jay was one. Jay, you know, and this was all pre-signed. He, he was Jay. just yeah. He was just totally saying this other kid was better than uh, you. Nice. And it's nice that you know Thanks. that other kid did turn out to be Jason. In Alexander. the end, it makes exactly. it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, Hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, it was. He's uh, yeah. He went. To, Another uh, legacy. High school. Uh, um, Chris Christie went to my high school uh, a few years before me. Um, Jared Kushner is unfortunately from Livingston, New Jersey, and uh, Todd Salantz is from Livingston, New Jersey. Wow! It's a, it's a, what a mixed bag. It's an interesting place to grow up. Right. All of those names are are people who have gained success <laughs> in their chosen <laughs> evil. Um, exactly. So you find your people. Ha- and you and you are not sort of in that situation where for four or eight weeks a m- summer I'm okay and then I'm miserable until I get back there because then the theater became a part of your life in between. That's right. Well, um, um, there was a, a, a wonderful man named Jack Romano who uh, was the artistic director of Stage Door, which is hysterical that I went to a uh, summer camp that had an artistic director, right. but of course he they changed. They take it seriously. Oh, they take it so seriously and it's wonderful. And it's, um, and he changed so many lives and I, he died in 1991 I miss him. I have his picture up in my office. Wow. Um, he, um, but he was absolutely extraordinary, um, with us and, uh, he had winter classes, uh, in the city that you could take. And so uh, I would then come in on the weekends for those um, and to second act shows with my summer camp friends mm-hmm. and try to get, you know, we had fake IDs and we would try to get served. Um, That's not legal, uh, Jonathan. Uh, wait, Anyone what? listening out there, what? don't do what he did. But yeah. it said student identification exactly. and we got it in time. But, but your age was not correct, Jonathan. My age was so not correct. Did you, I mean, I ask you this not to sort of, I don't know, go backwards in terms of feeling. Did you feel like when you were there, were were there other kids missing a parent? Was that sort of always right beside you? There were, uh, there were, I remember there were more, um, many more kids uh, who were products of divorce mm-hmm. that, you know, it was, it felt, um, I mean, definitely, and part of the reason I think uh, I I was and am so uh, vocal, besides the fact that I think you know everybody should be as vocal as they can about the topic of mental health and right. about suicide. Um, but uh, but I also back then I sort of um, it was a strange enough thing um, that I wanted to get to it before someone else. Heard about right. it, and that's and what I wonder. Come How over did to me you... and be like, "I right. heard your mom killed herself," and yeah. I was like, "I would, I would generally uh, get ahead know, of the story." Yeah, I would say it, you know, within five seconds of mm-hmm. meeting you, and say, "Like, get it out of the way." Um, and uh, and but so I don't. There weren't sort of as many people who. Um, with a parent who had died, there were uh, a whole lot of people with parents who. <laughs> 
wished the other one had died and you know weren't right. it was like yeah. there was a lot Ugliness. of that yeah it's yeah. like oh you're coming to his first show okay i'll come to his right. second show so Ugh. we don't have to see one another right you know, there was a lot of that um and uh and you know just a whole lot of kids who just didn't feel like they fit in mm-hmm. in their hometowns mm-hmm. um and uh and then and would live for the summers right uh and th- you know who would be the sort of stars of the campus and then you know someone from their hometown would hear about this and go like what right how's that no one talks to that kid in our school like bullied all year and then the star for two months right exactly right it's incredible and uh and and (laughs) that little bit of hope it gets a lot of kids through that period of time and did you get kissed uh, I did. That first summer? That first summer. <laughs> By both of them? By both of them. Nice. Were they groomsmen <laughs> in your wedding this summer? <laughs> Grooms uh, ladies? No, but they are still both friends. <laughs> okay. um, they... Uh, um, the uh, I got yes I got kissed uh, by one and then she broke up with me. Uh huh. Um, because uh, it still she, hurts. Yeah, you know it's it's I, I've. I, I nurse that pain yeah. to this day and yeah, realize I'm always going to. In the role um, you performed in Blaze, I know a lot of the deep character work came from. It informed all yeah, of 1978, that. Um, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, and then so while I was sort of nursing my pain over that breakup, yeah. uh, then um, then Joanna, who was the, the, this other stage angel stage dory stage angel yeah. um her friend rebecca came over and said are you still going out with kim and going out meant like 15 minutes sure. i think we dated yeah. um but um uh and i said you know no she dumped me and you know and uh and she said oh good because my friend joanna thinks you're cute and That's she wants great. to take a walk with you and i was like I, I, again, what what is this place in the right. Catskills, and how did how did I end up here? Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was um, it was life changing. You've had a lot of those moments, yes. in your life okay. with like angelic, beautiful people falling in love with you and saying, "Take a walk with me." I've been very, very lucky uh, with my. Uh, I, I, and I I I don't think. Joanna aside, lucky I say Joanna's. Yeah. I adore Joanna. Yeah, um, but it, it's. I think there's something about um, losing somebody so important, so young, mm-hmm. um, that when I look back at how important friendships were to me at that point, that that and and still are, um, that's part of it. I hate losing. You know, it's like you, unless. You hold on for dear life. I mean, you know, if 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 somebody's a halfway decent person, I and they mean something to me, uh, they're chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think I I maybe take that a little bit more seriously than um, than a lot of people, simply because I learned really early on that it's you know you never know how long you have with somebody you love. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I treasure my friendships. Um, How did this boy from Livingston end up at Bennington College? Uh, that came um, from, uh, 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 for sort of all the wrong reasons, and yet it turned out to be the exact right place. Um, I 
saw I didn't want to apply to a lot of colleges, so it was the only place I applied. I applied early decision. Because you didn't want to deal with the application process or the fees I, or the... Uh, it was mostly um, I didn't... Uh, I had... I really didn't like waking up in the mornings. Mm. I'm not a morning person. Yes. And, um, I the, made it 12.30 today for that very reason. Although you, have, you having children changes things. It does. You do have it to get does up. does indeed. But, um, but, but I, so I really didn't like high school um, very much because of the hours and mm-hmm. also because I had already found this other yeah. thing that I liked a lot more. And that thing happened at nighttime. Uh, yeah, for the most part, that thing yeah. matched my my hours very nicely. Um, and uh, are you a stoner in high school? Have you found like in high school? I uh, I first smoked pot when I was fifteen. Um, at but it's again not with my high school friends, but um, at the Carnegie Mellon Summer Studies Theater Program okay. on you know a playground in Pittsburgh with right. like the th- you know theater kids wearing you know uh, leg warmers. Nice. Um, and, you know it was if you're uh, gonna do it, yeah, yeah. But uh, so you weren't like I'm gonna apply to theater programs when I go to college. I knew Bennington had uh, a wonderful theater and a wonderful sort of arts pro, community. you know, community yeah. in general, and. Um, I knew Bernard Malamud had taught there. Uh, he had he had just retired, so I missed him. How did um, you know that though? Uh, I, I mean, my parents have one of one of uh, their rules, and then my dad's rule. Once my mom died, uh, was you, we could never take out too many books from the library or buy too many books in a bookstore. That was the one place where. No limits. You're, you, right. you're as long as you're reading them, you can you can get twenty. Right. You can get you know each time, and um, uh, and they had a you know a wonderful and have a wonderful library, um, and uh, so I I explored it. Muhammad was one of the yep the texts, and uh, and I thought, oh, he's up there in Vermont, and I also had this sort of vague idea that well, I want to spend the rest of my life in New York City, so mm. maybe I should go somewhere even greener than Livingston, New Jersey for yeah. four years. Um, uh, I think <laughs> Alexandra, my wife, sort of, I think, laughs at the fact that I went from a summer camp with a three-to-one uh, girl-boy ratio to a college with a two-to-one women-men Right, ratio. basically you went to a girl's college. She's like, it's a soft landing. <laughs> she's like, you were, you, she's like, you just didn't, you weren't ready for like, a fair ratio nope. at that point. And I'm like, no, I was not. But that's um, fine. Like, yeah. you're very Vegas in that way. <laughs> like, you're really stacking the odds in a good way for I, yourself. I apparently was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and it, but it was, the, it ended up being the perfect place for me. And um, it's also where you met the great actor Peter Dinklage, correct? I did indeed. Yep. His, How did you, uh, by the way, Game of Thrones much? What? Like, what is we that? expected great things from this man, yeah. but. I don't know that any of us thought like you're going to be in the biggest television franchise of all time. It's pretty thrilling. Yeah, um, it is. I, I will say, you know, he has been that good mm-hmm. since freshman year. You know, his he's one year behind me. So I, we actually met. I was a freshman. He came up to visit as a prospective. So he was a senior in high school. Okay, and, uh, where did and we both remember uh, in Morristown, New Jersey? Okay. 
And um, he uh, and so that was also part of it. We were both Jersey boys, um, along with our friend Brendan Blake, who's um, not he wasn't really part of the theater department, okay. but he loves playing Scrabble and we all love one another. Um, but uh, do you remember seeing him when he was touring? Oh, he um, he was uh, we both remember distinctly the moment we met because he was, uh, they put him, you know, they, when you're a prospective student, they put you with a student who's already there. His student was a guy named PJ. Uh, it was a rainy night. They were heading to the Saturday night party. And uh, I was coming from the other direction. And Pete had said, like, oh, I like acting and writing. And uh, PJ's like, we got another guy here you should meet. And, uh, and then we were sort of walking uh, toward one another. And, um, and, that was it. It was sort of like from that moment to this, again, you know, one of, you know, he's um, uh, my, you know, son's godfather and he is, uh, you know, he's family. Um, and had he done plays when, like, had he found theater yeah. as a home? I mean, talk about like, where do I fit in? He uh, actually played the Pirate King in Pirates of Penzance at uh, his at, at Del Barton. So there's a uh, musical, uh, yeah. in, with the two of you in our in all our futures. Um, he's got he's got a beautiful singing voice, very deep singing voice. Um, but is he uh, aware of your perchick? Uh, he is. He has seen photographs of okay. my perchick. Okay. He, um, he is. Yeah. He. We were. Um, you know, uh, during summer and winter Bennington breaks, we were sort of in and out of each other's houses quite a lot because that was the other thing, you know, we would go back. It was not unlike the stage door breaks where it's like, oh, we, we got to go back to Jersey where we 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 like Vermont more at this right. point. But so, okay, let's, let's meet up in Jersey. And, uh, and then, you know, we were... And definitely, I, I was a, a full blown stoner at that uh-huh. point. So that was uh-huh. uh, that was. Um, uh, so then I I could have sort of kindred spirits on that front. And you guys started making work together. Uh, we did. We were. Uh, it, I oddly directed three plays at Bennington, um, and because uh, everyone's doing everything, you can like, do whatever right. you, you can write I mean, the thing, you can direct the thing, you can be in the thing. That's exactly right. They didn't. Um, they actually didn't have a formal playwriting class, but so I sort of cobbled together an English class here and a theater class here, and uh, sort of uh, would do readings of my plays. Um, but uh, but so directed in the plays I directed, uh, Pete was the only actor who was in all three. Um, and uh, and as the cast sizes got bigger, the first one was a two person play. Um, the second one was uh, a three-character uh, play. Uh, it was Richard Greenberg's The Author's Voice, which mm-hmm. I loved. Um, and uh, and the third was um, Guare's uh, Landscape of the Body, um, okay. John Guare's Landscape of the Body. And as the cast sizes got bigger, I realized very quickly, I said, I don't like being a director because okay. I don't like more people who were coming to me for the answer. I said, I, 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 I want to turn to somebody next to me and say, yeah. ask that person. Ask the dad. Uh, yeah. And um, and are you beginning to write? Did you write growing up? I was writing uh, my uh, um, once I uh, started um, really reading plays a lot uh, and um, scripts of any kind. My, uh, I, you know, I was a 
a ridiculous kid in, in this sense in that I would uh, complain to my dad. I would say, oh, these pl- it's like some of them are great, but some are so mm. poorly written. you know. Yeah. And, this, uh, and so for my, it was either my 12th or my 13th birthday, my father bought me a typewriter. And he was like... Go Here go you write go your from. own. You want to, you know. You, um, and did and, you? Uh, and I did. Uh, and I started because something about seeing type rather than my sort of not particularly great handwriting mm-hmm. seemed more authentic mm-hmm. and um, author like. Yeah. And I typed, uh, uh, you know, day and night. And um, uh, my dad describes it. He's like. So I just got used to the sound of it. He's like, it was like the rain in the room next to me. And, wow. And, um, I, uh, and the sort of, it started with sketches and they would get longer and longer. And, um, uh, and I submit at, uh, at stage door, some kid had a copy of, um, uh, of, a, a collection of young playwrights festivals plays. Okay. And, uh, so that's how I learned about that. And I started submitting, um, all of these sketches to them because they would send you back comments Mm -hmm. and uh the the um and then the i think it was the third year i submitted um they did um a staged reading of the play i submitted and the fourth year i submitted was uh uh, i was was the last year i was eligible and that was uh women and wallace and women and wallace was when you were still in high school or had you Gone to Bennington. Uh, because I was an October birthday. So when right. I got to you went uh, young. when I got to Bennington, I was still seventeen. That's uh, why you needed so, the fake ID. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and in fact the um the laws changed while I was there. The the drinking age changed. To so, twenty one. Uh, so part of my class right. could drink throughout legally and part of my class could not. And mm. your IDs at Bennington, um, the background color of your ID said whether or not designated, you could drink. which you were and I when you when Women in Wallace was done originally, who who was in the cast? Uh, well, the as the, the play, the Young Playwrights Festival version. The um, well, the first reading we did of it was uh, it was uh, James Lapine directed it, and uh, uh, Bob Leonard, Robert Sean Leonard played mm-hmm. Wallace, um, and uh, and our mutual and beloved friend Maddie Corman yeah. was in it and was brilliant, um, and. Uh, and then, but he was not available to direct it if it was going to get picked for the festival. Okay. And, uh, and so then uh, Don Scardino. Love him. Uh, he's amazing. So this is um, Women in Wallace I, now I, 2.0 yes, as you I go got, through. Yeah. And so I got this sort of extraordinary experience right out of the gate of seeing these two very different takes right. on one play from these wonderful people who really cared about the play and getting it right. And, um, and, uh, Josh Hamilton, uh, played Wallace. Uh, and that's where you met Josh. Uh, that's where I met Josh. Was, Bob, was Robert Sean Leonard not available or did Don he, want his own cast? There was a sort of an amazing, an amazing thing that happened where, uh, by the way, we're talking Robert Sean Leonard or Josh, like, first of all, lifelong friends yep. and also extraordinary actors. Amazing. Out of the gate. Yes. Okay. Um, the the uh, Bob had done uh, readings of a few different plays that got picked for that festival. Okay. And, uh, and is he already like, I'm just trying to remember this time. Like, we're all around the same age. Right. I don't know if Bobby's a few years older or younger, but is he already like working for reals in New York? Like, how many guys was, in this play already? Um, and on the... 
I knew of both of them um, for like I had auditioned for a play that Josh was in, okay. um, and um, Bob was in um, that movie, The Manhattan Project. Uh-huh. He was one of the kids in that. Right. Um, so everyone's so around. around. It's like percolating this exactly. moment. And it was. Um, what year is this around? Uh, this is 1988. Okay. And they. Um, uh, and so Bob, uh, because Don hadn't seen the reading, um, it, they said to Bob, you know, you can, we're offering you this one play in the festival and you can, uh, you know, and Bob said, I'd like to still audition for Women of Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I do, if that doesn't happen, I'll, I'll, I'll do the I'll, other I'll, one. I'll, I'm happy to do the other one or do both. Right. Which wouldn't have been possible. Um, and, Are um, these full lanes at the time or is this a one act? Uh, the there time? were three plays in that festival. So All there were full two lane. in the first act and then uh, the second act was Women of Wallace. Okay. Um, and, uh, um, and then there was a, uh, another night where uh, Kevin Corrigan wrote a play uh, a great called Kevin The Boiler Corrigan. Room, uh, uh-huh. was, uh, which is amazing to me. And they were, um, uh, which was a full length play, so it was too long to do. They either had to do that In the play, same and, uh, yeah. So they yeah. did sort of um, heightened staged readings of that. Okay. Um, but uh, but so it came down to um, to Bob and Josh for Women of Wallace and and uh, Sophie's choice and we knew that Bob was going to do the other yes right. exactly it was uh, so it was you know take take my Bob um, and is that take my Bobby and is that how you met Josh uh, it's how I met Josh Josh okay. walked in the room uh, he was going to Brown at the time uh-huh. he wasn't sure uh, and I remember that they you know the agents said that they were like we're not sure if I, he'll be uh, around. Um, if he's gonna be able to take off school or not, and uh, he came in, he had sort of long John Lennon hair and gl- John Lennon glasses, mm-hmm. and he read, and he was just perfect. He was the guy, right? Um, and uh, and so he took a semester off Brown uh, to do the play at uh, a Young Playwrights Festival. At the Young Playwrights Good Festival, choice. yeah. So when Women in Wallace, which became like, did you hear like one of the Young Playwrights has like. His story's been his play's been optioned for like television. Like that was huge. Did that happen right away? Uh, it ha- it was it was it happened pretty quickly once we were up and running. Do you even and, have an agent at this point? Uh, I did not. I have um, my dad. I, I, I have luckily <laughs> Jack have Romano. My dad uh, and Jack. It means so much to me that Jack actually got to see that mm-hmm. play. Um, but. Um, but my so I, I I had this very odd experience of having a play running in New York and that agents were coming to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I, I said, so, you know, I have no good advice to give to anybody right. on how to get an agent. Because Just I'm be like, you. Well, I'm like, try to be, you know, 18 or under, mm-hmm. get a play in the Young Playwrights Festival, which no longer is functioning. Right. Um, have it. Directed run, by Don Scardino. Don Scardino brilliantly. And, you know, have it acted by Josh and, you know, a cast of eight extraordinary women. Um, and, um you know, then uh, agents seem to want to represent you. It's right. really nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I found an agent uh, through that and said, I'm going to be the 
one writer in history who stays with the same agent forever mm-hmm. and um and uh, one year one year later wiley hausen <laughs> uh it was wiley hausen and sam Cohn. right i see him a sam rest in peace yes wiley, eating um, your contracts said, in oh, front of you I, I i had the great you know experience of did he really eat paper in front of you he did it once at the russian tea room he ate part of a matchbook in front of me and i thought what I is have that arrived. what is that what does that mean i sort of felt like was it like Tourette's like what is I it when you eat been, a matchbook it must have been some sort of some sort of strange tick but at that point it was so well known right that i also felt it was like he was like it it would i would be ripping you off as a client it's slightly if, performative yeah he's like, like i got to say like oh yeah I, yeah, right. he ate, he he ate, ate paper. He, uh, like, I saw it. it By the happened. way, I can picture the Russian Tea Room matchbook. It's it's red and beautiful. Yep. So just for listeners who may not know what we're talking about, Sam Cohn, was it William Morris? Uh, he was the, ICM, uh, ICM at the time, yep. What is really like a historic, an historical figure. Like, yes. he is a legend. He is iconic. Mm-hmm. When you think of, uh, not Hollywood agent, he was a New York agent and he was really powerful yep. and had super famous people. Oh yeah. Uh stars, writers, directors and he became, you know, known not only for having brilliant taste but for eating paper and and eating like, you know, he ate Meryl Streep's contract across the <laughs> desk from her. So who knew what the the, you know, the points were back in. So it's just a crazy thing. Anyway, that's what we're talking about. You can google it and find out more, <laughs> but it's just like it's great to know that it's real. It is re- it, it, even if it was I, just I the corner of the matchbook. I saw it with mine own eyes. So crazy, it was real. So, so for me, you know, I was trying to remember. I can't remember a time where I didn't know you. I can't. Same. I can't pin down the day. I, you know, Same. I, I don't know. It wasn't like I did the first reading of whatever. I know that in '88 I was doing a television series with Cynthia Nixon, right. and and she became the woman cast in the TV version. That's right of Women in. So I like I remember that and her being like, "He's twelve years old. He wrote this thing. We're going to do it." Women in Wallace was one of my first auditions in New York City. Um, you know, part of my show is telling, I make everyone tell like really humiliating audition stories. Mine for the last 20, 30, I mean, how long ago was that? Oh my is your play. Um, so it it's kind of extraordinary the ways in which you have been a part of my, um, for some reason. And, and I'm so happy you're here today because I want to know if I've been making this up or if this is really true. So you need to tell me if there's any reason, because maybe it wasn't Women in Wallace, and I've been dining out on this story for 45 years. My recollection is that I went in to read for one of the women in Women in Wallace. I've blacked out everything about it except this experience. I read, and I'd had this great idea that I would put a condom in my pocket in order to pull it out Mm -hmm. at some point in the scene. Yeah. So you were you would have been reading for the role of Lily. This is a thing. Yes. There would have been a condom in the scene. A hundred percent. Okay. I'm so happy you're here right now because I just don't know what's true anymore. I do the scene and for whatever reason it gets stuck in my pocket. So now, like I've worked so hard on this. Everyone is talking about the Young Playwrights Festival and this one play in particular is already the shiny one that you want to get in. 
there's like a hundred women in this play. And if you are of a certain age, you want to be in it. I leave the audition room feeling awful because I let the prop, the thing that was going to be like, do the one thing no one else will do. I don't know what I was thinking, like, hey, hire me and like, you'll save money on props. Like, I, I don't know what the point was, except I was going to like show everyone. I'm like, look how cool I am. Like, I brought my own condom. I leave the audition room and I'm so upset that I haven't done what I wanted to do that without being invited back, I walk back into the room. In my mind, Daniel Sweet is the casting director, but he I don't was. know if it was. He was. But I was traumatized by this and would actually pass on auditions for him for years to come because I was mortified that I did this at 17. Like, how old are you? 17 at the oh time? Oh, my God. Yeah, 18, 18. Like, we're yeah. so young, right? And I go back in, uninvited to the room where everyone's like Don and like they're talking. Maybe you were there. Maybe you weren't. I may have been up at college. <laughs> maybe. You were doing your homework. And I take my condom and I hand it to Daniel Swee and I say here I, I brought a condom and I walk out that's what happened every step of the way mortifying that first of all yeah is my favorite audition <laughs> yeah. for Women in Walls immediately yeah. that jumps to the front right. of the line right. um, I, I don't think I could have been there because I well I don't have as good a memory as I would like right. to have. I don't remember. I remember Daniel and I remember like the grown-ups in right. the room and just being like, what have I done? Like, what am I doing? Why am I so, I want this so much and I don't know how to get it. I, I, I didn't know what to do. You gave Daniel Sweet a condom. I did. You By helped the, way, the props department. I helped the props. I saved them. Whatever it would have been <laughs> back in the day. Also, safe sex. I mean, that, Daniel, well, that, this is way. not a bad thing <laughs> to have for anyone, for any human, man or woman, no, that to was, have a condom in there, a nice Trojan. Well, that was a. It was also it was a very important part for me of that play and that scene because when that um, it, it, in real life, a, a, a few times, yeah, um, it has uh, been banned from schools, and it's always that scene. Uh, and I always say, "What they're having safe sex? What it's happens in, in that the scene? dark? Why? Yeah. Why did I do that? Because that's um, I can I I have um I'm, like literally I blacked out when is, I left the room. It's essentially it's it's Wallace at college, um, and it's him losing his virginity to which, Lily um, uh, to Lily, and uh, which I. Um, it was named almost certainly after uh, Lily Taylor because mm -hmm. um, we uh, went to Carnegie Mellon's summer program together and we're friends there. And I like, you know, friends have names I like. Sure. I love, love tossing them uh, in plays. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was sort of a combination of, experiences from my freshman year at college and my last year at Stage Door Manor. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, you know, put in a blender and fictionalized. And, right. But it was, um, yeah, it was Wallace trying to act all sort of cool and ready for this. Right. And uh, a freshman guy meeting a, a senior woman. An upper woman. class woman. Yeah. Right. Who, who's, um, and trying to act like he's done this before and he's, he, you know, and, and sort of cover up his terror. Right. Um, and, uh, 
and she's having safe sex. And she's um, prepared. Yeah. She's, uh, and uh, so does she have a condom? She has a with condom. Her? She pulls out a condom. Yeah. Um, Successfully. Yep. Out of her pocket. Yep. Doesn't get stuck. Nope. Yeah. Um, well, that, that wasn't my story. I can, I can uh, actually look back to find, I will be. Looking at the roster. I will be looking back because I keep everything, including a really good journal. But I keep, um, if, like for Josh's birthday one year, I just found, you know, his, my notes on his audition when he first came. Because I'm like, I have notes that I wrote down from when we first met. That is unbelievable. So you might have the sign-in sheet from, from that very is, day. I, I will be looking today. Well, it's so incredible sort of when you think about like things that traumatize us in these kind of bizarre ways. Do you think Daniel Swee remembers this? Doubt it? No. Probably not. I mean, he probably has experienced actors trying to uh, undo damage or get another chance or just fall apart. I learned from it very early on, like, just keep going. Sometimes you can have a plan and it works and sometimes it doesn't and you've got to just do the work and no one knows you're freaking out inside, exactly by the way, right? right? But it's... for me, it was like, guys, this is why I was freaking out. I, I can't explain it, but it was like, all anyway, it's thrilling to be in the room with you. And by the way, we're still here. We're still here. <laughs> we're still here. I mean, that, and that's also, I mean, that's, that's the old, you know, phrase of, of uh, don't judge your insides against everybody else's outsides. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that thing where you think, oh, everyone can see this x-ray of yeah. what's happening with me and you think no they can't yeah <laughs> they can't at all you know they don't yeah. know that 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 the condom didn't come out and or that right. it's it's all that stuff but we um but we are so hard on ourselves in a way we're not on our you know our friends and those we love of and all course that. It's, and oh. it's actually funny right to anybody else it's like that's hilarious well, like you're said, good that is yeah. that is now my number one favorite audition for women in Wallace do you say that to everyone no do you say that to everyone no JMS it's in fact going to hurt Josh's feelings <laughs> I'm gonna have to comfort him because he wants so we've already mentioned Pete and Josh yes. and Robert Sean Leonard mm -hmm. Lily Taylor um, people who in the Early stages of your post Bennington Cynthia, yep. um, who you know suddenly is in the thing on PBS. Oh, uh, Cynthia, Sam Cohn, right? <laughs> uh, Sam eating the matchbook. So this is a collection of people that have really remained in your life all these many years. Absolutely. So I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but it is. It has been said that after college, you took a cross country road trip. Mm -hmm. With Josh Hamilton. Yep. Uh, Frank Whaley? Uh, no, Josh no, we, Hamilton we, and Ethan Hawke. It was uh, Josh, Ethan, and myself, and we um, stopped by to visit Frank okay. on, the, on the trip. The at, marvelous uh, at Frank Whaley. Yeah. Uh, so there is so much more of Jonathan Mark Sherman's extraordinary life to share with you guys that there will be a part two. Uh, so come back for Tales from the Road with Ethan Hawke and Josh Hamilton. And more creativity, inspiration, and beautiful storytelling from the magnificent Jonathan Mark Sherman. See you back here next week.
If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says Contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast. And on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. Do you believe in stories? I know I do. Do you feel like there is more to your story? Personally, I feel like there's more to every story. And I got some good news. There's this great company called The Pocket Media Group, and they can help you find the more in your story and tell it so it connects to the people you most want to reach. They specialize in video, photography, writing, design, branding, and strategy, all the pieces you need to start something new or polish up something old. And they understand that story, whether it's a photograph, a video, or words on a page, powerfully connects people and ideas. So whether you're a not-for-profit, a company, or just good old you with an idea, whatever your story, mission, or message, reach out to the people at The Pocket Media Group at www.thepocketmediagroup.com and let them help you start telling your story. Because look, we know there is definitely more to your story. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.